Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ask Mike show. Mike here is your host and I'm joined with Kyle Klaus in the virtual studio. Kyle, thanks for being a guest. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yep. Kyle's an actor that's been in programs like Billions and Blacklist. Before we we dive into the nitty gritty side, got to ask, how well did you know the main actors? Because I actually watched Billions and Blacklist. They are one of my, two of my favorite programs. So main actors were talking Damien Lewis, I think, was in Billions. And then Blacklist was... Megan and, and James Spader, I think. So how close were you to those guys? Absolutely. Well, uh, fortunately enough, I was in the scene with those guys uh, during the filming of it. So that was that was great. Um, I'm a big fan of those those both of those actors as well. And actually, in, in Billions, unfortunately, I didn't get to work with him, but a huge fan of Paul Giamatti. I think his work is amazing, but was not there on the day. So Billions uh, was actually the first ever speaking role that I got on primetime TV. Um, and I say primetime TV because I've had speaking roles on daytime TV, but it also, it, but it's, it's something different. It's more like, you know, a little higher quality. I, I feel like uh, the primetime TV stuff and, you know, just well-written and, uh, you know, it's, it's like an actor's like, it's like hitting a new level. You're, you're now on a primetime TV show. So Billions was, I was in episode, I believe it was episode 11 of the first season. And um, it was, if you're not familiar with it, it was when Damian Lewis's wife, Melon Ackerman, her sister was going to work at Axe Financial. And um, I was, I had a quick dialogue with her, but what was great about that was, um, yeah, it was my first, first, uh, speaking role ever. And it was on HBO, I think it was Showtime. Um, but you know, the way they cut it is, uh, I wasn't in the scene with Damian Lewis. We were just at the same space. And then he was over here talking to somebody else in the scene. And, you know, it's like, I'm talking to somebody else, but we're all in the same space, but it doesn't look like it when you watch the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the editing makes it look like you had nothing really to do with the main actors, but you you, you actually did. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then, you know, cause it's like when you're not filming, you're, you're in real life, right? You're like sitting around going to craft services, grabbing a drink and you know, everybody's right there. You know what I mean? So that, uh, that's like where I was very close to these guys in proximity. It's just that in, not in the scene. And then as far as blacklist, um, James Spader, man, I was uh, a fan of his, like, you know, he was in a lot of awesome movies, when I was younger growing up and, uh, and, um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, we were in the scene together. I think that was a very, cause that was a recurring, uh, role. I think I ended up getting, I, I want to say I arrested someone then I ended up getting captured and then I ended up getting, uh, free and then I got recaptured. So it was like, I was, in, and then finally, they were recapturing me and taking me to the red box, and James Spader was leading the the crew. So, so, so yeah. what is it like when when you see the actors turn it on, so to speak, and then turn it off? Is it is it as dramatic as doing it as yourself versus seeing? It? I imagine it being a very different experience. No, what's actually? I mean, you know. 
it's a little more stressful when you're saying, oh, cameras are rolling, but good acting is being is very natural to what you would do in real life to it. Right. So meaning like, yeah, when the cameras aren't rolling, you're kind of just doing what we're doing right now. If we forgot that we were being taped or whatever, I mean, you, you kind of do forget you're being taped. You're just having a conversation. You're relaxed, you know, having a simple, you know, and I mean, everybody's just human, you know, so that's kind of how you are. But when you turn it on, I mean, yeah, there is a sense of, you know, urgency and everybody kind of, you know, there, there's that sense of, uh, what do I want to say? You know, everybody's doing their job, right? You got the camera people, you got the lighting people that just set up the scene. You got the, the, the directors, you don't want to waste anybody's time. So you want to make sure you're on the ball too. So there's a little sense of like a much, a lot sense, more concentration happening when you're filming, you know, you don't do something crazy. Like right before you're going to see do a scene, like jump up and down and get pumped up or anything for it. You're just like, does it, does it feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself then? Cause when you've got all the staff around and like the behind the scenes stuff and there's the actors all doing their thing. And then just from my experience playing for like sports teams and things is it does feel like you're a bit of a, a cog in a machine, so to speak. But it's not you don't get that feel if you feel like you're a part of it rather than doing your thing that is actually the probably one of the best things i love about acting and the movie business to be honest with you like i was just thinking about this the other day a lot of things you do in life or that i do other than the acting is like you know real estate and i'm sure you know we'll get into that but it's like the thing with acting is it's it's you, you're a part of a, a, a thing bigger than yourself. You have so much, you have so much in these, they're, they're small businesses in themselves, TV shows, you know, they employ so many people for like the lighting people, the camera people, the grips, the producers, the, the location scouts, like I could go on and on wardrobe, makeup, you know, like craft services, uh, you know, they, they employ so many people and it's like, Everybody has to just do their job. And as long as they just do their job and it, it runs smoothly. I mean, unfortunately, actors are the ones that get the most credit or the most visibility because that's the one you're watching at the end product. But man, I have so much respect for the, you know, the crew that is there. They're usually the ones that are first to get there and last to leave. And, you know, it's just, it, it is something magical about being on set, to be honest. It's like something where I just feel at, almost at home when I'm on set and I'm blessed to be given an acting job and somebody's actually paying me to like do exactly what I love and paying a, a good, you know, amount of money. It's just, it's, there's nothing better than that. You know, you get up on set and you're just like, it's just, it's, it's so awesome. You know, you're, you're part of the machine. And I guess it's, I mean, is it helpful if, because some of the things that go through billions and blacklists, some of them are reasonably like realistic. Like it's not a fantasy situation. Some of them are yeah. close to, to real, you know I mean? The, the idea that, 
the billions is to do with the investing side and then he puts his money in loads of different places and he deals with all the politics and everything else. That's that's quite close to what actually happens in those places. And same with Blacklist, you know, there are like secret organizations and things within companies and within organizations that deal with more specific and and special projects and things of that nature. So it's not it's not a fantasy. You know, it feels right. more real. Does that have an impact over how it feels for you as the actor? Sure. I, I mean, they, you know, they do a great job with, I, I, I know that on Billions they do this. They have one guy that's, I know he's in the financial world, whether he's a consultant or he's part of the writing or anything, but I, I don't want to give names, but I just know of him being in the financial world. So like there, there, there's people that these guys speak to, to make sure that there's authenticity here, you know, and like real stories. Cause sometimes like, sometimes, you know, when things happen in real life and you're like, you couldn't even write this. Like that is so crazy that you couldn't even write that. Yeah. Cause sometimes life is just like the best drama, you know, like the best story. And these guys are all drawing from whether it's like something they make up in their mind. I mean, anything you make up in your mind, it really can happen in real life at, at some point, you know, and these guys draw on the, they, they also like just fact check a lot of the stuff, you know, to make sure it could happen. And yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff that goes on probably that you, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's crazy, but it's real and it happens. So. Yeah. There was an interview that, that I listened to it was a it was a science interview and uh, it was funny because he turned around and he said well there was a science fiction advisor for the Avengers right and my mm-hmm. just dropped there's like what there's an ad- the Avengers isn't real it says yeah we got to make sure that the wormholes are realistic or what the wormholes are the giant spaceships are going to fly through I have to make sure that that's the realistic part and he goes Oh yeah, like you, you need to make sure that it's scientifically viable. And yeah, like, just yeah. get past the fact that it it's not real. But the <laughs> of it that it was like no, but yeah. the holes need to be realistic. It needs to be like like science. Like they have to you know the check the science of it, right? Or like yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, scientists that are, are sort of irritated by gravity, the film gravity, because oh yeah realistic and i think no. and i think the the difference anyway is, that was with uh what who who was gravity that was um clooney uh, yes yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I, remember. I think yeah. it's because like using avengers and gravity is like the stupidest examples we could pick in terms of science um gravity is intended to be more realistic mm-hmm so in the back of my mind, I would say you should have a higher bar for how realistic the science is. I mean, I don't know any different myself. I'm not a science geek, right? I wouldn't look, I wouldn't look at gravity and go, well, that's not real. I wouldn't know any different, but the scientist was like... But you're thinking if you make a movie like... Yeah, if you're making a movie like gravity, it should be more realistic and and adhere to more like scientifical stuff and real life stuff and you're making a movie like avengers you're like well shit we could do anything 
Right. I just I couldn't. My brain just couldn't process the fact that he was defending the wormholes when not what was coming through them. Or <laughs> that's great. I was just like, how how can you how can you possibly just <laughs> what do they do? And apparently, it's it's the little things. I mean, you you'll know this yourself. It's if the little things aren't right, your brain can't connect the dots as if the film's actually real to begin with. So something like the Avengers. Like some of it needs to actually be probable, otherwise we're looking at a cartoon. Right, 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 right. Where your brain just starts mentally checking out that it's reality. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. I think, despite it being a fantasy film, uh, they had to make some of it at least probable, otherwise your brain just won't connect and won't engage with the film. Yeah, no, that makes sense though. I get that. I can see that. Yeah. No, it's the same thing with like these other these these mo- these movies. Everybody needs to have a fact checker, sort of. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah, makes makes perfect sense. Yeah, I just thought I'd share that just because I it still just literally occurred to me while you were giving the answers around like it being realistic and the way things would go on. My brain just went share that story about the Avengers and the interview that you you watched. And uh, yeah. it, it, is a little, it is a little surreal when you realize what goes on behind the scenes. Right, because that's based off a comic book. You would think you could just do anything, you know? Yeah. But it, it all depends on what the producers are going for. And, you know, how, I mean, probably like in the Avengers comic book, I'm assuming, well, I don't know. They They probably tried to make it as real as possible or as like, you know, uh, I mean, the Avengers is obviously made up a hundred percent, but you know, they wanted to adhere to the wormhole. <laughs> I know it's, it's funny. I couldn't, couldn't wrap my head around at the time. I was just sat there like, but why? You know, yeah. It just goes, but why for the whole, for the whole thing? I just couldn't switch on to it. Funny. There's a lot of actors out there that aren't, a-list actors. So there are actors out there that aren't sort of constantly being booked, in demand, can command whatever they want, essentially. There are so few actors that can do that. And I know you're a big believer in adding strings to your bow, so to speak, for want of a, a better analogy. So talk to us a bit about your beliefs around the whole acting lifestyle and what you've done to, to break that. I guess acting lifestyle, acting in general, acting career is so variable. I'm not sure about these facts, but the top 1% of actors or or, or 90% of actors that are professional, that are in the the union, say, the the SAG Screen Actors Guild Union, make under $30,000 a year or something like that, something crazy, where it's like, U.S. money, you know, like that's not, you know, going to get you very far uh, with raising a family and, you know, having a subst- substantial, you know, abundant lifestyle. Um, so you're thinking of actors as like the, you know, the Mark Wahlbergs of the world that are like all the that are like mega stars. They're yeah, they're making millions because they're drawing the box office. But there's not a huge uh, um, pool of these guys. and. The thing is that, so I guess the fact that it's so up and down, 
Um, there's two ways of going about that. I mean, when you start off on the career, sure, there's other things you can do in the same kind of realm that's like branches off from acting if you want to write or if you want to produce. That's more in your control because you're the one waking up every day. You could write. Nobody can stop you from that. Um, you can act and nobody can stop you from that too. But you could, I mean, if you're acting on the street corner, you're going to look like a lunatic, you know, it's like, you know, there's not much like you can do by yourself unless you're in acting class or making projects for yourself. So that comes back to writing and producing. So if you want to go that avenue, you have more control, you know, you have more like leverage for yourself. But the thing is like, I was never really passionate about acting or about writing or producing. Like if something came to me that I really love the project, yeah, I could sign on as a producer and say like, Hey, like a producer's job is to help get this in hands of people and and get it made. So I could sign on as that. Or if I had an inspiration about something, I could sit down and write it, you know, write a script. And I've done that. And I have something going right now like that, but like, that's, it just never like appealed to me to be a professional writer and all that stuff. So when I thought about acting, I mean, I came from like a small town that you just like, don't, people just don't act like that to be a a real career is like nothing you do from where I grew up in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. So I had to feel like if I was going to embark on this, and go, you know what? I want to do this. I don't want to like, and, and when I set my mind to something, I don't get, there's no give up button. There's no like end date. There's no like, okay, I'm going to do this until I'm 30 years old. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to quit. Um, it's just like a, a decision. And I knew though, that leaving that up to a lot of other people's choice to like hire you for a job or something like that is not what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to be forced with that position when I was like, I don't know, say 50 years old or something being like waking up one day and going, you know what? Damn, I can't live this lifestyle anymore. Like rejection and like just up and down finances. Um, and just like have to make a decision to get out of it and get into something else. So I decided to build an empire, so to speak around acting, um, and use the other side of my brain, which is like business more an entrepreneurial and business oriented. So how does, how does real estate fit in with being an actor and how did you connect those dots? Okay. So the earliest memory I can think of was when I was trying to figure out what other careers you could have as an actor. And I was like, okay, the standard easy ones that everybody talks about are like bartending, waitering, um, and there's nothing wrong with those. I was a bartender. I was a waiter. Um, the fact is that, you know, you have to, even doing those jobs, you have to rely on, you know, somebody else. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, they're tough jobs too. They're on your, you're on your feet every day. But it's like, what I had to think about was what was the jobs that weren't, you know, when do you audition, right? Because when you first start out acting, you're auditioning 10 to 5 like nine to five, whatever, like normal business times, normal hours. So you would go into an office and, and audition. So you had to be super flexible. Cause like today, if I had, you know, somebody was like, Hey, uh, you have an audition tomorrow at 2 PM. You got to be able to not only go to that audition at 2 PM, but be able to memorize sides tonight to do, to prepare yourself for that. So, you know, it might take like an hour or two today to prepare myself for tomorrow. 
to go to this audition. So when I started clicking, it was like, all right, I got to figure out what is the most brilliant job to do alongside of this that I could do and see myself as an older person and be uh, proud of. And uh, I was thinking about doing teaching and because I was like, okay, well, they're off uh, the summers, right? So I could audition during the summers and hopefully book something. But that was like, all right, well, then I'm leaving out 75% of the rest of the year. And then uh, my, my uncle just ended up, I was talking to my uncle one day and he got started kind of like in that, um, well, now it's a bad word depending on where you live in the part of the world, but Donald Trump mentality where it's like buy houses and let them pay your rent and start building up passive income. And, um, and then he also got his real estate license and he was a cop and he sold something on a Saturday at an open house. And he made some check that at the time was really huge to me. It was like a $5,000 check. And I was like, wow, if I just did that, like I did the quick math in my head was like, if I did that once a month, all year, that's 60K. Well, that's already above what teachers make. Um, you know, so I was like, that's where it clicked for me. So that was my first, like, I'm going to get my real estate license and I'm going to work on weekends and at night and have that flexibility. So that was where it started. So I was going to ask about how you fit it in. So do you have a, a set structure? Do you only do uh, real estate on certain days and then auditions on other days? How do you organize your your week to allow to be successful in Yeah, both. so great, great question. Because actually, when I first moved to New York, that was the exact question I posed myself. It was like, I got to figure this out. Um, so what I did was, all right, I'm going to treat this like, like the thing with, even with real estate people in general, or people that have flexible flexibility in their jobs like that, if they don't treat it like a real job, you're going to just flounder around and not be successful anyway. So that's, that's, you know, but I was forced with this decision of going, okay, I'm going to treat it like a real job and I'm going to give myself time frame. So I did exactly what you just asked. I go, okay, so how am I going to do this? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to work my butt off nine to 12 every day doing real estate. And then I'm going to break and I'm going to work uh, my acting from, or, or, you know what, I, at first I did it differently. Cause I was like, you know what, my main focus is acting, right? So I want to get that done. So if I work nine to 12 every day acting, whether it's like reaching out to people, looking at parts I'd be right for trying to research new headshot places or classes or, or even take classes or something like that. If I can work that in the morning and then the rest of the day, just focus on, on, on building this real estate empire um, you could, you know, I could get, I could really just create a structure where, I mean, what else am I going to do? Like you're going to go into work at Starbucks or you're going to go into bartend, you know, and, and bartending is not as flexible as you would think. You know, every time I first said to people that I was an actor, they would be like, oh, okay, you mean you're a bartender? And I'd be like, well, no, you <laughs> asshole. But I would be like, you know, I'm, I'm, um, actually, no, I'm a, a actor and I would tell them like, you know, but there's some truth to that. And it's like, people know actors need a second job. And, um, I guess my main thing was when I was bartending, 
you know, that wasn't super flexible. It's like I would be working till two in the morning sometimes and I'd have an audition the next morning and I'd be waking up and I'd have bags under my eyes and I wouldn't have been able to memorize my audition stuff. So I quickly was like, all right, I got to figure this out. I got to get out of this racket and, you know, start thinking like more of like a businessman. And it, the thing about real estate, which is, you know, at first it was like that. It was like, okay, I'm going to block off time. But then the thing with real estate where you can do this, and I love real estate about, I love this about real estate, is you can leverage so much of yourself once you start going down that route of, of leveraging yourself, of going, you know, I think it was one day I was sitting there and I was like, all right, this is cool. But now I'm forced with this decision of, do I want to go to this audition that I have, or do I want to take this client out and possibly make this commission? Right. So that was a, that was a turning point too, where I was like, I never want to be in that position either where, you know, real estate's commission only. So it's like so much of it involved on you showing clients and all that. I want to make myself out of, take myself out of the equation if I have to. And that's when I realized about opening a brokerage and having other people under you. Now you could either open a brokerage or you could just share that client with another agent and give your referral out and then take a piece of it, you know? So it was just being a bit more of the story was just leveraging myself and continually growing that in real estate, um, which helped my acting career. How soon did you aim with this? taking yourself out of the equation was it after like having to make those choices having to decide between auditions or showing people around houses for instance was it after that moment where you were like I can't make that choice it's too difficult how do I do it or did you go into real estate with that intention never I did not go into it straight away no it was uh Probably came about a year, I would say, a year after. Um, I was just, you know, I was in real estate. I mean, my my whole goal was that I would my or my whole vision at the time was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make some deals in real estate. I'm going to do some auditions. I'm going to eventually get an audition that I'm going to get a TV show, and then I'm going to just give up the real estate thing and go on and be this TV actor. So <laughs> that was like my, you know, that was like the best case scenario, but. After about a year of, you know, kind of being forced with a lot of decisions about like, okay, I got to get to acting class or I want to get to this actor's workshop, but somebody wants to see this apartment tonight. And I'm like, do I really need to go to this acting workshop or should I, you know, show this person this apartment and I could end up making, you know, thousands of dollars more in commission or whatever. So I started getting... I started having those kind of uh, thoughts and I was like, eh, I want to be able to go and feel good about going, knowing that I can pass, even if I'm not getting the whole apple or what, what is that saying? Even if I'm not getting the whole, the whole pie, I'm getting a part of it. And I remember about a year or so being into real estate and then the broker at the time was, he was sitting around. I, th- I don't know. He was like standing up telling jokes or something. And he was just walking around and like, we were all hustling 
on our computers, you know, trying to set up the next appointments. And he's this broker and he's getting a piece of everybody that he is in his brokerage. And I was like, that's the guy. That's where I want to be. You know, I want to be where I'm, I want to be able to be not in a position where I need to be there for something to happen. Like if I have to get myself out of it, if I have a huge audition or if I have to be on set the next day or something like that, I don't want to be faced with that decision of having to give up money or, or like, or, or, or like start not wanting to do acting because I wanted to make this, you know, do it, it just, you know what I'm saying? It was just that, like, it was just that it was a natural, it just seemed like it made sense to me where it was like, that's where you want to go. Well, I actually quite like that. But what you said was not needing to be there for something to happen. Absolutely. There's a big difference between being completely hands-off and you can still be there, but you don't need to be there. Yes. It's that trade-off between if you're completely hands-off, you might not necessarily feel the, the high of making the sales or making the money that you might want to get from real estate. If you're completely hands-off, you might not feel that. So you want the ability to, to do both. So I like the way that you worded that. Sure. Yeah. No, it's completely true. It's like, um, there's a lot of times in acting, you don't have to do anything. You know, like you have, like, I might not have an audition for two weeks and, you know, I might not have acting class. And like, there's, you're always going to need to do something else. I mean, you can only, there's, you know, if I have this business sense, there is no reason to not, work it, you know, to not like, you can be a creative and a business person at the same time, despite what some people like to, you know, some people say where you can't. And I just, uh, you know, I like doing real estate when it's a time and a place for it. I like, you know, blocking off time and getting that done every day and, and, and having that, uh, high off of a sale or, a, or, you know, a closing or something like that. But, um, you know, I also like teaching other people how to do what I've learned to do as well and making a living for themselves too. So what advice would you have to actors who might not be able to fully sustain themselves just from acting, but they also want to break free from the whole, I just be a bartender and or a waiter or a waitress and that'll be my sort of main income in comparison to how regular their income is from the acting. How, how would you have the conversation with someone that was in that position? Right. So good question. What I would say is this, um, you know, one thing just to touch on what we were just talking about also is like you, and this ties into going into answering this question is, if you're, even if you have your own business, but you need to be there, it's really not a business and it's really not entrepreneurial. It's, you're just running an expensive business. You're, you have an expensive job, meaning you're opening this business. You have to be there for it to run. You literally don't leverage yourself. And all you're doing is instead of working at somebody else's business, 
you're basically just opening your own business, having a lot of overhead, and then having to be there and run it too. So that's not a true business and a true entrepreneurial. I mean, yes, you want to be able to like, there are certain aspects of the business that you might need you 100%, but you want to be able to le- find ways to leverage yourself to, to be able to have the freedom, you know, to be able to have that freedom of what it's all for. And uh, even if that means taking a less of a pay cut or something initially, or, you know, not making the whole pie, but making a part of it, but you're employing other people and you're, you know, you're, you're being able to be, you know, set yourself a little free. So what I would say to actors is this, you know, I, I've been talking to some actors about this and it's became very apparent and clean, clear to me, especially with this pandemic is like, a lot of these actor and actor friends that were doing this thing and they had to do something else on the side. So they were doing these little gig works or being a bartender or something like that. And, you know, now also not only is acting productions going away because of the virus, but they were living a paycheck to paycheck, um, working nights and everything. And now nobody's in bars and restaurants and then they lost that job. So they literally had to move out of where they just didn't have anything set up. So I guess my biggest thing that I'm preaching now is like, be financially like, be don't be like a starving artist and don't have that starving artist mentality because that also is going to put you in uh, um, a position of not, of, of not having the power when you want to have the power, you know, you know what I mean? Like you want to go into that audition feeling confident, not being the person that's unconfident and needing that job to get to where you went, you know, to pay your bills and all that stuff. So I guess what I would, my biggest piece of advice would be to set yourself up like a have have a, a longer goal, you know, like most people underestimate what they can do. They overestimate what they can do in one year, but they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And if you're only in this to be uh, like, say you're an actor or a creative or some kind of, you do some kind of creative thing and have a passion about it, but you're only in it for that short term and you want to become famous in two years. That's not the right mentality. If you're really into this and you really love the craft and you really have passion about something and you, but you're doing this job where it's like killing your soul and you're just like, you know, going in every day and, you know, bartending is not that flexible. I mean, like if you're posed with having to take off a day bartending, you're going to lose money straight away. Like you don't have that money that you could have, you know? So I would say, have a vision, you know, of like where you want to be in five years. And, and you can start small because if you do it and chip away with it every day, doing things consistently over time is what creates the massive success. Yeah. Yeah. I completely echo that. And I think that's, that's something we need more of, especially since the, the pandemic's altered everything. I think the, the normal's definitely shifted. Um, Yeah. It's an amazing way to, to end as well. It's been great to chat. Kyle, um, how can people learn more about you? How can people find what you're up to? Uh, yeah, so people can find what I'm up to is uh, I just created a YouTube channel actually during this pandemic, which would be awesome if you tune into. Uh, it's just 
it's I'm new to it a little bit still. I'm still trying to find my 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 way around. So uh, be patient. I have a lot of different topics. It's a, I could talk about auditioning in one video. I could talk about exercising or a morning routine or financial stuff or stocks or whatever. So I'm I'm I have a lot of stuff on there, but uh, I I created that to you know during this pandemic like to just. I don't know, put it out there a little bit. Um, if you're interested in real estate, I talk about real estate investing as well. So uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. And YouTube's a pretty cool platform. So um, yeah, check me out on there. It's just Kyle Claus, I think. Just look me up on there and you'll see my stupid face on some thumbnails making crazy faces. <laughs> but Awesome. Well, Kyle, again, thanks for being I guess on the show. For those of you that are tuning in, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Leave a review if you enjoyed the show. And Kyle, I look forward to keeping in touch. Awesome.